edition of the Sunday Forum right here on WMNF 88.5 Tampa. This is your host, Walter L. Smith II, the voice of the Tampa Bay area. And I am here with the members of Fourth Estate crew. I got my crew in the house. <laughs> Mabili and Yumiko. What's going hey. on? Hello. Lady and gentleman. Hello. All right, hey everybody. All right. What's going on? Everything good? Yeah. Okay. Everything's good. Okay. All right. We have a show for you today. Uh, I'm going to do a couple of announcements, maybe one announcement, maybe, and and we're going to jump into it because we got we got to talk about this violence. What's going on? That is going on right now in the community. This is bad. This is bad. And we have um, the, our guest today is going to be Alicia Oates, um, who is an advocate uh, for our children here in Hillsborough County, um, and, and she was informing me of, and I've gotten phone calls about different things that have happened, like there's these different um, violent acts that are taking place in our community. Um, man, you know, this is this has got to stop. This is craziness. But before we get into that, before we get into that, before we get into that, let me tell you right now, the Deltas, the members of Delta Sigma Theta will be having their, this is their 75th anniversary right? 75th anniversary. They are going to be having the Delta Sigma Theta sorority boat parade. The Delta Sigma Theta boat parade. Sounds fun. It's going to be fun. Saturday, April 9th. This is next Saturday. Next Saturday over at the um, the, well it's going to be on the Hillsborough River downtown. And the the, uh, the Location that they're going to be congregating, I do believe, is going to be at the Armature Works. And they are, for more information, you can get that information at Friends of the River Walk, the Tampa Riverwalk.com. The Tampa Riverwalk.com. Um, we are glad to have and see Delta Sigma Theta 
reached 75 years of service. 75 mm-hmm. years. It's a long time, man. Yeah. Long time, Nico. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've done some good work. Yeah. You know, um, my, my mother and my sister are not Deltas. They're AKAs. Uh, in, in both sororities, all, all the sororities have done a tremendous job. Tremendous job. All of them have done a tremendous job in our communities over the years. Um, and we want to see them continue on doing much, much more. So we're going to do what we can to support them. Right, folks? Right. Mm-hmm. right. Okay. All right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. So the Delta Sigma Theater Boat Parade, April 9th, Saturday, April 9th. Uh, for more information, please contact the Tampa or check out the TampaRiverWalk.com. The TampaRiverWalk.com. All right. Let's give an update on Russia, Ukraine. Man, they run out of gas, dude, by some <laughs> college kids. They run out of gas like college kids, man. Poor planning. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> hey, good. I'm glad. This is the one time that you're glad to see people run out of gas. <laughs> I'm glad to see it. Good. Good for them. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's going the way they wanted to go. Not the way the Russians <laughs> wanted to go. Going the way the Ukrainians <laughs> wanted to go. <laughs> they got the Tobacco. <laughs> uh, not to change the subject, but, you know, the environment is, is at the root of that conflict. Yes. And the environment is going to be the issue of the, the mission of the month here at WMNF this month. So it's right in time. It is, it is right on time. <laughs> yeah. Right. We'll be talking about that. Of course, we'll continue to talk about that here on the Sunday Forum. Yes. We always talk about it here on the Sunday Forum. So, hey man, you know, you were a superstar. A superstar? You were a superstar. Yes. <laughs> Last week, um, you, we did the symposium, right? And it was really good. Your video that uh, the the, we, the interview that we did um, was tremendous. The information you gave was outstanding, man. I mean, we talk about uh, the issues of environmental impacts and the far-reaching implications of those of those impacts. Man, you you have lived it. Well, it was very basic information, though. <laughs> very yeah, generalized information. Uh, we did a, a Zoom call. Down, dog. No, we did a Zoom call that that was that full of information. So I yes. think that that would be just as good at a, at, a, at a symposium. It was good, man. But look, dude, <laughs> what you did was outstanding. I mean, to talk about how the hurricanes, how disasters impact people, number one. Um, number two... The, the implications of, not even the implications, what happened in terms of resources, of how well those levees stood up versus in one particular area versus how they stood up in another. So it's like the haves and the have-nots, mm-hmm. right? And the wealthier parts, the levees stood up. And the other parts, they didn't. And those parts were like Ninth Ward areas, so forth. Where they didn't. Is that Ninth yeah. Ward, is that what it is? Ninth Ward, the Gentilly area in the East New Orleans, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. terribly hit. You know, and, and then of course, the impacts on industrialized areas and living and growing up around industrialized areas and how they how they impact us, uh, our families. I mean, that's that can translate and it does translate directly to any city or state. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and if people were helped by anything I said, of course, that's great. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were, and and we have very the the best part of all. Um, folks, let me tell you, you got to join us for the next uh, symposium. It is the People Power Environmental Justice and Energy Symposium, which will be on the 22nd of this month, the 22nd of this month, which is a Friday. So if you, if you can get off, start coughing now. Start <laughs> coughing. <coughs> <coughs> start coughing now so you can get off and go to this symposium. We fed people very well. <laughs> it was good food, very good food. Uh, but but let me tell you, people took away some great information, and we got good information back. The responses that we got from people were the type of responses that were narratives that you don't normally hear, right? 
Um, and and there and the narratives, folks, are perspectives. Those perspectives that you hear from communities that are impacted that you don't hear every day. You don't hear them. Right. Well, you know, and the thing about what I liked about what was said by Getulio in the Zoom call was some of his listing of things we can do. Yes. And um, that included litigation. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I thought that was important also yes. for people to hear these these ideas of how people can act. Yeah. They can respond to what's happening Absolutely. in the environment. Absolutely. We got to. And and and, and it's not I guess you could say response and preparation. Yeah. Right? Response and preparation. People uh, people who didn't know about CERT mentioned the fact that, well, you know, asked the question, you know, what can we do in order to prepare for these things? Right? Right. And there are there are things you can do. And we mentioned that during the during the session. And you can watch the session actually on Facebook page, on the Tampa Bay um, Tampa Bay Sierra Club Facebook page and the Walter Elswick the Second Facebook page. Um, please watch it, um, and you will see it again on the 22nd. We're going to go and broadcast it again. And, uh, you know, this is something that you should not miss, folks. This is so relevant to black and brown communities. It is so relevant to poor communities that are, that are underserved, uh, it's, this is this is relevant to everybody. Yeah, it's relevant to everybody. But this is but it turn what it actually boils down to is classism. Because let me tell you, when you talk about resources and where those resources go, we have to watch it. We have to watch it because the the poor will not get anything if we are not on the ball. If we're not watching what's happening as these things are, are going down, right? Uh, companies will continue to do what they do if we are not aware of it, and they will not change their way of practice. They will not change right. their practice at they, all. They got to be forced to because yeah. right now there are talks going on uh, at the United Nations. There are negotiations mm -hmm. between scientists and governments over this key United Nations climate report. And Seventeen points, but it's going down to the wire. It's going to, because you have. The latest report by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change is meant to show the path by which the world can can stay within the temperature limits that were agreed to in the 2015 Paris Accord. Right. And the agreement aims to cap global warming at one and a half degrees 1. Celsius. 1.5, that's yeah. right. And that's this century. Uh, but it looks like one of the sticking points is officials from major emerging economies insist that it needs to reflect, any agreement that they come up with needs to reflect their right to development. Right. So it's right. like that's more important than anybody, than public health. And uh, we see pictures of steam coming out of chimneys over coal-fired power stations in places like Germany, you know, still. So, you know, this is why I say the war in the middle of Europe is at its root, it is about energy and energy production and the dangers in which producing that energy causes to the environment. Governments have to make agreements and they're trying to hammer out agreements or scientists are trying to hammer out agreements and it's all being stuck over development. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's always that. It, listen, development and infrastructure. Mm hmm Development, when, when, what Billy's talking about, folks, in in even more layman terms, as much as I can possibly do it, um, is when we talk about development, we're talking about third world countries or countries that are considered to be poorer than others, right? Uh, and when we talk about countries like that, uh, you're talking about countries like India, for instance, right? Yeah. Considered to be a third world country, however, uh, you have some very wealthy people in India. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, without question. Now, what we also know about India in terms of its development is development was stymied by colonialism. Mm -hmm. um, people forced to, to um, utilize uh, fossil fuels far more than what you would see in developing, in, in properly developing countries. And the, the constant use of fossil fuels under those conditions in that context uh, means that they're, they're going to continue to use coal 
right? right. As a means for, for creating energy. So that means the carbon emissions are going to be larger. Right. Which um, is going to heat it up. Which heat is going to heat us up. And they've been trying to do uh, carbon payoffs, or carbon buybacks, right? Uh, carbon trade-offs to reduce the amount of carbon that's being emitted, right? And that's what that's what happens during these accords. Is they're trying to do trade-offs with countries, and there are other countries who are that are offering to give technologies mm-hmm. in order to reduce the carbon use. Bars reduce the carbon use. Well, in India right too, there. they got bad air quality also. Yes, really bad air quality. Yes, so. they do. They really do. And they got slummy areas, which which causes that stuff too. Mm. It, really, seriously. Yeah, seriously. Uh, issues like you know hepatitis and things like that. Right. You know, there there was a point in Calcutta where they would take bodies. I don't know if they still if they still do it. I doubt it now. Um, where they would take bodies and put them if someone died in the house, they were poor. They put the bodies out on the street. Yeah, no, now they just, they do the cremation outside. I mean, during COVID, they were doing the cremations outside, Mm -hmm. which was, that made the air even worse during that time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very populated country. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, But we here in the States need to stop thinking that we are not, uh, that we are isolated from these types of things happening, right? Um. I mean, think about it for a moment. Just with COVID alone, I say this all the time, with COVID alone, our kids could not eat. Our kids could not eat. Why could they not they not eat? Because they weren't at school. Right. That is revealing. That is revealing. It's very revealing. So we got to do something about this, folks. Something as, as simple as eating, our children can't do without school. Breakfast and lunch. Just breakfast and lunch. So you can imagine what dinner's like. <laughs> right, right. Well, right? they just made a report on the news uh, last week, something about, the, uh, what did they say? They said that the they might not be able to afford to give lunches now. Wow. Have you heard about that? No, I've oh, not. Okay. It, it was on um, Bay News 9. Uh, yeah, the, I guess the because of what's been going on during uh, this inflation, they're running out of money. Where they're not going to be able to give the the kids who aren't able to who are on that program, whatever it's called, at the schools where they can get free lunches, that mm-hmm. might not be happening anymore. So, uh, oh yeah. wow! Mm-hmm. Right, so everything is built on the backs of the poor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. first thing you take away is those programs that help right. the poor. Mm-hmm. And how are kids, how are poor kids, are supposed to think during the day in order to learn? Yeah, they're not eating. Right. So there has to be a way to find some money. They're trying to, but it, it's they're coming up short, I guess. So I I don't know what's uh. I fail to realize how they're coming up short. I don't either. Like they they, they don't want to de- they don't want to defund the stuff that scratches their back. Unbelievable, man. We gotta do better. Yeah, we gotta do better. Okay, listen, folks. We we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we cannot escape it. We cannot escape talking about these issues, and we're going to talk about it again today. We're going to talk about it today with Miss Alicia Oates in just a few minutes. But first, 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 we are going to listen to the sounds of the internet and see the kid in Don't Ya, right here on WMNF 8.5 Tampa. Sarasota, St. Pete.
All right, all right, all right. We are here in studio right now, and we are going to the phone lines to talk to Miss Alicia Oates. Alicia, are you there? Yes, I am. Good morning. Good morning, Alicia. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, good, good. I'm glad you're here. Listen, um, Alicia Oates, Alicia Oates, tell us a little bit about yourself, although I know a lot about you, Alicia. Everybody else needs to know about you, too. I am a mother that lives in East Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids, well, my son attended um, She High, um, one of the community schools um, that are coming up. It's a coming up school. It used to be an F school, but the principal there now has it at a C, and we are coming up on a B. And I say that um, I bring up the school because we are surrounded by um, next to James, which is considered the only F school in Hillsborough County. Um, wow. I, yeah. Um, so my son um, lives in the community and plays with the kids that attends James um, that is struggling. Um, and I am, I used to be a caseworker, but now I uh, work for Hillsborough County in the county. So I, I play around with the money a little bit. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Good, good, good. We need to see some of that in, our, in these schools, boy. Big time, big time. Right. Um, so you have, I, I've watched you um, grow, air quotes, uh, into this advocate that has that has blossomed in many, many ways. You have been a stalwart, I mean an absolute stalwart, with regard to uh, being one who's monitored and called out and held accountable. The school board, the school district, um, our elected officials with regard to the, this whole uh, thing about how our, our kids are, are treated and how our community actually is functioning, right? Uh, there are things that, that we talk about that haven't even reached the news, they not even reached the news. And I think that, that perhaps is the most appalling thing that 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 I know about that that, that could happen. You know? All right. Um what I need for, what what I want to hear, and I want people to, to please listen. If you're tuning in right now, we have Miss Alicia Oates, an advocate for our children here in in uh, uh Tampa in Hillsborough County. <sighs> We have some real issues, and we're going to cover the gambit today as much as we possibly can, okay? So what I want to start with is this. Um, First of all, let's look at the violence Mm -hmm. that is happening right now. No. Okay? You and I spoke, and it prompted me to do this show. Because, and I've wanted to do it for quite some time, but because every time that I speak with you, there was something new that was happening, right? right. But But what's worse is there's no publicity. There's no information. There's nothing to let people know. That it's not hitting the media. It's not hitting the media. I think that's intentional. It's definitely intentional. Okay, why? I feel that... Um if, you know, the direction that Tampa is going into, if some of the things that is going on in East Tampa is put out on the, in the news, or people that are moving here know about it, it will stop some of them from coming. And they don't want that. You know, some of the elected officials want, you know, Tampa to be going to a direction where, you know, it's seen as Champa Bay. Um, and and letting them know we have gun violence. We have a lot of gun violence going on in, in East Tampa. Our kids are not learning. Um, they won't come. When you say they're not learning, what what are you saying? Tell, tell me what that kids, means. Um, so kids in East Tampa are performing at the lowest. We have kids that are going into um, middle school, even elementary school, unable to read, not knowing their sight words not knowing how to do basic multiplication problems. That's a problem. Because if you can't read, 
How can you fill out a job application? How can you be a successful person in the community if you can't read? But hasn't this always been going on? It has, especially over in East Tampa. It has been going on for decades, which makes it even more of a problem because we have um, elected officials. We have other community leaders who who are out here being loud, but for the wrong things. They're not being loud for our children who need us the most. Our children are our future. We can be loud for nonsense and, and get on different stations and do things in the community about things that really doesn't make any sense, but you're not allowed for our kids. You're not allowed for the parents who are planning to bury their kids from senseless gun violence. We're, we're not allowed about that. We are definitely not going in the right direction as it relates for our children because they need us. But who, if we're not fighting for them, who are who going to fight for them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because... because I was flabbergasted, flabbergasted at some of the things that, that you were telling me. Um, you know, we get our news from the news, right? We, we watch TV, we read newspapers, um, but we know, we know. I mean, I think it was Public Enemy Mobility that always talked about the fact that, you know, uh, the media doesn't, doesn't show anything about what's happening in our communities, right? Mm -mm. Um, and then we, we, you know, we became, I think our, our community, the black community became more aware of that, that our generation of the black community became more aware of that through things like, through movies and media, like Boys in the Hood and so forth, where they talk about, uh, you know, they killed, you know, I remember that part in Boys in the Hood where uh, Ricky was killed, right, was murdered. And he woke up, the next, a doughboy wakes up the next morning, he says, I look, on the news today and nobody's talking about my brother. Right. You know, and people either don't know, don't show, or don't care about what's happening in the hood. Right. And uh, i like to uh, ask our guest, uh, what are you hearing from kids about the violence, about how guns are getting around? Is social media playing a part? What what are the kids saying about violence? Well, um, it's definitely social media um, is a big issue, um, but they're not afraid anymore. Um, they're excited about the guns. They're excited about making videos with guns. They they love the excitement. I don't know what happens to fear. Like when we were growing up, our parents just had to look at us and we'd be like, "Okay, we're not going to do that." Now kids are they have no fear. They have, and it's, it's watching them on Instagram and TikTok with all these different guns and making these different videos. I'm like, wow. Like, right. where, first of all, where are your parents? Who's teaching you how to, because right now we have to educate kids because they go get, for some reason, they're getting to the guns. Educating them on the safety, gun safety. That's not happening. Educating parents on gun safety, how to lock their guns up, what's important um, about not having your gun somewhere so your child can get to them. No one's doing that education piece, and we have to do that. Right. A absolutely. Um, I remember having been with my students from when I was teaching, right? And I would listen to the things that they were saying. Just blown. Just blown back. I mean... They're literally, and then I would go home and I watch documentaries, uh, and they're literally doing the same things that I'm seeing in these documentaries. I mean, I'm hearing the same words, the same uh, context, the same codes and stuff like that. The whole nine, the whole nine, and so I became more aware of what was going on, and because my kids weren't doing that type of thing. But my kids come from a different background, right? Um, the exposure, and that became something that was that I saw that was very different. I think no matter what generation you're from, your exposure to some degree, your exposure to certain things to some degree has a uh, an effect 
on how you act as an adult or as a teen going into adulthood. Um, there's so much going on. From middle, when I taught middle school, you get all these hormones going on, right? I hated teaching middle school. High school, uh, high school was the better situation, but I saw a deterioration in the way these kids were acting. You had kids coming from one side of town to the other to fight on campus. Right. Uh, and I'm like watching this happen, and of course we have to break it up. We have to break this stuff up. But, I mean, they came out there to this school, and they were out there just throwing down all outside my window. That that was before guns. This is, I mean, <laughs> no, guns, they didn't have any guns this time. Not this time. Not that time. Not this time. But they were telling me how they were getting the guns, though. Right. Uh, is Tampa being a port city that helping to, to spread uh, illegal guns around guns that can't be traced. You know, was, people not locking up their guns in their cars. It seems like it's yeah. strange how a lot yeah. of guns get stolen out of cars. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even just stood. The traditional thing was stealing out of cars or out of, out of you know stealing your parents' guns and so forth. That was traditional thing. Yeah, but now it's different because so many people uh, toting guns. They but they're not securing them. Okay. They're they're finding them in cars, which is I just find it fascinating that so many guns get stolen out of cars. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Right, um, Alicia, and what, what do you find? Say the um, exposure. Um, Silver so and several oaks we talked about. Imagine, you know, those kids are coming out of homes with mildew, plumbing backing up into the properties outside. And then walking outside to gun violence we'll before they even that. make it to the school bus. Jeez. So we expect those kids to go to school and learn. How? How can someone not even be able to take a shower because the apartment above you is dripping their bathroom stuff into your toilet, into your bathroom? Oh. So now you can't bathe, but then you step outside, you step into backup plumbing, then there's a, a fight. Gun violence. Now you have to run to the bus just to make it to school. This is this this is more disturbing than anything. I, I mean, the fact that, and we spoke about this in one of our one of our broadcasts, Mobili, um, uh, our social media broadcasts. We spoke about the issue uh, with Andre Hill about the issue of of the environment in which we live in our communities and how it's related to everything else that's happening around us. And, it, it, I mean, it's like a domino effect. It's a complete domino effect. Or Alicia just, just mentioned it just now. Right. Right? So what is your self-worth? What what do you care? Right? The glamour that you see is not at home. The, the, the niceness that you see is not at home because people are mean. They do mean things. They do bad things. Not everybody does it, but but you but you are exposed to it. Right, and so your environment and what you're exposed to is going to um, is going to uh, lead you to doing some of these things just to get out of it. There's, a, there's a, Alicia, we're seeing this glamour thing in uh, social media, right? That is leading to doing little silly things, just dumb things that just don't make any daggum sense at all. Uh, what was it, fighting? You know, the kids would get, boys would get into a circle and get to fighting. The girls would get into a circle and get to fighting and carrying on street uh-huh. fights, street boxing, and carrying or on. trash in the school. Yeah. Now, social media, we got to ask us, uh, another question. Since last week, we found out that Facebook was trashing TikTok by saying they were spreading these these crazy challenges right. you know, on social media. But be that as it, be that said, the kids do fuel each other on social media. Uh, we look at the violence in Chicago, we're hearing that from a lot of kids how social media starts fights. You know, the, it's sometimes it's 
traditional stuff like over a girl, but the guns are introduced into the equation. Uh, gangs recruit in schools. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, is, are those the kind of growing pains we're seeing in Tampa? Alicia? Yes. I, 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 and it's getting worse. Like you say, um, you know, Facebook and TikTok is part of the problem. And it is usually about a girl. And, you know, you, you fight it out, then you're friends the next day and you move on. Um, now it's to the point of where you fight and then your people are recording it. Now it's on Facebook. Now everyone is commenting on saying that, oh, you got beat up, you're soft, you, you can't fight. You know, so now it's messing with, for the boys, their manhood. You know, they're growing into a man. Now their self-esteem is being attacked and they don't know how because no one has really taught our young boys how to cope with their emotions, how to cope with being targeted and bullied on their internet. No one talks about it. Right. Uh, parents, you know, I raised, I have two boys. My son, you know, I, I I had to get out of the habit of telling him, suck it up. You know, you're a man. You What you crying for? We we don't take our time to pay attention to their emotions and teach them how to cope. And that's a bit. And so once you have all these people, you get a thousand likes, a thousand comments, and they're calling you all these names. So now you have to go back. You have to go back and prove that you could be better than the person that beat you. Either back, go back and fight again, right. or go back and shoot them. Because mm-hmm. now, you, now you're the man. Oh, you shot him and maybe killed him, and now you're the man. Now, you're gangster now. now you 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 don't prove that you are better than what all these thousand comments, um, a thousand people who probably you don't even know right. have said about you. That's crazy, man. We got a call on the line. We're gonna go to this call in a second. Alicia, we spoke about an incident that took place not long ago um, where a young lady was set on fire. Yes. That did not reach the news. It did not. Was it a school girl? Um, At a school, um, a young lady, um, some girls were bullying her and set her on fire where she had um, second-degree burns. It did not make it on the news. It did not make it home as a parent link for other parents, you know. Um, and that was opportunities for parents to talk to their kids and and talk to each other on how to work with our girls and get you know to not do that. Like what what possessed you to set someone on fire? So having those conversations. And using those opportunities as learning moments and learning opportunities, they don't do it. They just hide it. They cover it up because the school district don't want all that out. They don't want to, people to know that there's so much going on inside these schools that's interfering with the education. Like, you have girls setting a girl on fire. Now you're going to send those girls home. Now they're suspended because that's all they're going to do is send them home and suspend them. But... How, what are, they're not learning now. Right. They're not. They're missing school. They're missing their their opportunities to learn and move forward. And then you have a girl who's been burnt. How is her mental health? How is she going to feel coming back to school now that everybody saw her get burnt? What are we going to do for her? What kind of supports are going to be put in place to help this girl and her mental health? Because hopefully she doesn't come back and get a gun and shoot the girl. And shoot and get burnt. The girl. Yeah, exactly. I'll burn mm. them back. Yeah. We don't we don't put things in place to break cycles. We we put band-aids on them um and move on. Mm-hmm. And that's why our kids are going in the direction that they are because the ones that are out here with the guns and shooting are the generation that was left behind. We lost that generation cuz they, they struggled in school like we stated. They're behind already. Now we ha- now they're trying to find where they fit in because no one took the time to say, okay, this generation right here needs us there. Some of them can't read. Some, you know, a lot, a lot of them can't read. So what, what are we going to do for them? So now they are, they're trying to make it the best way they can because some of them have to help parents pay bills. Mm. They, they see the, all the TikTok money, everybody rich, everybody, you know, they try to, they're trying to get rich too. They want to take pictures with money too. So they don't understand that those actions have consequences because no one ever taught them that. Hmm. Wow. 
You've let out the phone line. <laughs> let's let's let it lit up now, Jack. All right, let's let's get it. Let's get it. Okay, Paula, you're on the Sunday forum. Good morning, um, uh, Billy. Good morning, Walter. What's up, D? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, to your guest, um, something that she said a few minutes ago, I, I would like for her to re uh, reiterate that. Um, you said that there are voices claim to be in leadership that are saying things uh, in in our community in East Tampa, but they aren't ne- they aren't necessarily saying anything that's really addressing the problem. Could you give us any a couple examples of that would have been said by those individuals? That's that's what I wanted to say. Hey, you guys have a have a good um, uh, morning. All right, thanks, thanks, Daryl. Yeah. So when I say leaders are saying not saying things, so the issue, I call it issue, the situation with um, Councilman Goose. We have so many people out here um, being loud about the issue with Councilman Goose. Um, But prior to the situation with Councilman Goose, the gun violence has been going on. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have. You know, I'm not going to bring up that subject. That's a very rough uh, subject. Um, I feel that we have to let the courts handle that um, and not, you know, <laughs> and not the community being a judge, the jury, and executor. Right. Because we weren't right. there. Um, we don't know the full story. And everybody's right. throwing their bits and pieces in. I have issues with everybody, you know, being throwing their pieces in. Because everyone, not a, he's just this bad guy. But... We voted for him. What was this information then? We're exactly. digging up stuff now. Why wasn't that information put out when we were going to vote for him? So I have issues with that. Um, but the same people that allowed for that, even on both sides, where are you with the gun violence? Right. You are allowed to protect right. he, he's innocent or he's guilty, but you're not allowed to say, our kids need your help. Our kids are out here killing each other. I have a nephew that was killed almost two years ago coming out of Silver Oaks. I have a, this next weekend, my cousin will be burying um, my, a cousin of mine from gun violence. It's, it's too much, but we don't, we have people that have platforms and have following on Facebook and Instagram, and they're not saying anything as loud as they should. No one show, you can't do one show and say, oh, you know, gun violence. No, you have a show every weekend. You should be yelling as loud as you yelling about the Orlando situation for our children. Well, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So loud, they should be standing to the mountaintop screaming, "Our kids need help. Our that's, kids." That's the number one learning. reason. They're Alicia. not getting the services they need in school. Why are you not allowed as loud for that? That's the number one reason why I. You know, on this show, one of the things we do when we produce the shows is we look at those, look at things from that lens. Um, we like to look at the bigger picture and those things that are, that are most important to us. Uh, we're not about trashing people or you know tearing people up. You know that that whole thing. We're not about that. We're about trying to make sure that that voices like yours are heard, so that we can get to the root of the issue and and urge people to mobilize, mobilize. Our parents are not putting the interests, the proper interests before the children. I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Um, a lot of the parents don't know how. A lot of the parents, and I think, as like we, we keep saying, for decades, the school system has failed families coming out of East Tampa. Right. So we expect parents and we, we, yes, we definitely need to hold some parents accountable, but we also have to remember that they are were, they were part of the failed system as well. Right. So we can't put all of it on the parents because what happens to the village? Yeah, you know, that's what the, the, if we, if you say you are a community leader or, um, where are you? How are you leading your community if you're not standing to the forefront and helping those parents learn, helping those parents understand that some of the things that they're doing is affecting their kids. Some parents don't know. You know, we assume and we, as when we become parents, we assume that, oh, they should know better. 
child. Yeah. Who has taught them better? Who's doing that? Nobody teaches. You got to teach them that. And I'm wondering, where is the governor? I mean, he is going to bat for parents, so-called, who claims that those parents don't want their children being forced to wear a mask in a school during a pandemic. He's going to bat for parents who don't want their kids getting sex education, you know, talking about transgender education or anybody before the third grade. But where's the governor's voice on violence? Right. When, when they talk about the issue of critical race theory, uh, and when they talk about what's happening in our communities and things like that, um, one of the things that would that would come up would be uh, the violence that we that we see, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's unavoidable when we talk about our history. Um, we have got to get a hold of this internally. Internally, we cannot count on the governor to do it. We cannot count on city council to do it. We can't count on county commission to do it. We've got to get a hold of this thing internally. Uh, I, I just don't. And, and and well, bottom line is, you know, we're we're gonna this. That's what this show is about. We're going we're going to work on that, and we're gonna work on it to the best of our ability. Um, let's let's get to our next our next caller here. Okay, and we have five minutes before the national public radio break. So let's see what this caller has to say before that. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Good morning. I was just calling because I wanted to point out. But by the way, this is a great topic, and I appreciate your your, your focus on 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 the community trying to solve this. But I wanted to point out something that happened a few years back here in the Southwest Florida area. There was a shooting down in Fort Myers where twelve people at a, at a dance uh, were, were were shot by somebody with a rifle. Now I don't know what eventually happened with this, but a, a, a year or so later, the prosecutor reported that of the 12 victims, only four were willing to cooperate with the, with the prosecution. And this is, this is a phenomenon that's, that's widespread in the black community. It's been noticed elsewhere, even in St. Petersburg. And I just want to point out that I know what people say, oh, there are some practical reasons why people don't come forth to testify. But I would like to point out that until the black community solves this, then you're going to have people committing murders with impunity, and you're not going to solve the problem of violence. And it's even worse when you don't solve the problem of violence in the black community, then the whole community itself is prevented from advancing. Well, you know, thank you very much for your for your uh, your comments uh, and your observations. You know, and, and Alicia, I want I'm going to say this, and Alicia, please, uh, I, I want to hear from you on this. Um, we got to hear from you on this. Uh, when we talk about this issue of no snitch. No snitching and stuff like that. I think we still have that that issue that's going on. Number one, that culture that has grown, uh, despite the fact that we have, that we have constantly, constantly asked that this not be something that we continue with. Number one, number two, um, the relationship with authorities plays a big role still on who's going to talk about what. Are we going to tell? on who shot whom, why they shot him, or whatever it is. Are we going to testify? Are we going to do any of these things in order to, in order to get the, the bandits off the street? Um, what, you know, what do we do? What do we do? I mean, it, it, we, we got to start doing what we need to do to protect our society, our communities. And I'm just not, you know, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. Alicia? I agree. Um, so, for example, we have officers sent over in Savoke daily. Um, but the officers never get out of the car to even speak or have a conversation with the residents in Savoke. So you want, until officers build relationships with the residents in the community that they are working in, no one's going to say anything. Because we, they're not able to trust you. You can't even get out of the car and speak to me. Why would I feel the need to tell you anything? Where We don't have a relationship. I don't trust you. I don't know who you are. So you want me to say, hey, oh, LaJohn over there shot him. What does that do for me? And my, how do I know you're going to protect me? Or not open an investigation into me or something else. <laughs> right. 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 There's no. Right. There's no relationship. 
And even when my um, cousin was killed last weekend, we stood out, me and my cousin stood out there for hours, you know, as they did their investigation. Not one officer walked over and said, hey, sorry for your loss. How are you? No questions was asked. No, no. And even us saying, hi, you know, sorry for your loss could have took a, a long way. They don't even speak. It was nothing. And and I talked to um, the new chief O'Connor about the same thing. Like, we've been out here. What are you going to do to help your officers understand that they try to do better in building relationships with the community? It has to start with them. We're the com- it's not the community responsibility to take the first step to build relationships with officers. That's not going to happen. The community, the police, has done so much to the black community that we're not going to do that. We're that's not happening. So in her role, hopefully.